Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving. Now, in season two, The Cannamom Show continues on its mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. Go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back, and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. And now, live from the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, here's the host of The Cannamom Show, Joyce Gerber. Joyce! Dave, I love my new introduction. <laughs> <laughs> now, you might want to explain to people why it's the I will, I will. So, um, so, partly I was a little late today because the world is in chaos and we're all into politics now, but I was into this before. It was cool because I'm so uncool. I'm cool now. So, the house that I live in was built by the father of Tip O'Neill, who was the Speaker of the House during the Reagan years. And he is a famous North Cambridge, and that's why I'm so specific. Cambridge is very weird. He's a famous North Cambridge politician. There's a huge mural of him on the I'm on the school right next to my house. So that's my big Tip O'Neill. I thing. Love and it. I was and I was a politician, so I used to think that Tip was following me around to help me, <laughs> but I didn't win. But <laughs> well. Tip, you know. tip didn't always win either, but, you know, that's a pretty good political ghost to be following you around. Tip was pretty widely loved and respected by people on both sides of the aisle. I think that's cool. And we could use a little bit of that now. Yeah, he's an old school politician. And I will say this just because this is a cannabis show. So when I did politic, I did the old school way. I literally walked around the streets of Cambridge and I knocked on my neighbor's doors and introduced myself. And one of my little tricks was. A lot of these people were older voters, people who are old vote. That's a trick of politics, people. Mm-hmm. And um, right. they actually knew Tip. And they all had stories, mostly about drinking. But <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Shocker. Irish politician from Boston. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. Boston, talk about politics changing. Who is going to be the mayor of Boston when Marty leaves? 
Probably a black some, woman. Oh, is that really going to be the case? Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't been following. Who are we talking no. about? I can't think of her name. Kim, I don't know her last name. Okay. She's the head of the city, Boston City Council. She is going to be stepping up when Marty leaves. And then we're going to be having a race between women first to be the mayor of Boston, which is that's a big change in politics. So I know the world feels crazy, but maybe Tip is watching over us. Kim, okay, Kim so, Janey. Kim Janey. Yes. So yep. look out, people. It's going to be a whole new world in Boston. And we've already got a, a African-American female D.A., right? And Rachel, my friend Rachel, yes. and, and Maura Healy. She is a um, sure. Yep, a lot of girl power up there. So a lot of girl power in Boston. Mm-hmm. I love them. They're all my ladies. Okay, so moving on. So remember last week I talked about Sean, my new friend Sean, the infusionist. Dave? Yes. Yes. So Dave, Sean is here today. He's here. Yes. <laughs> so, if you, ladies, we're having our man is cooking for us. So he has made me some amazing pastries. <laughs> we talked about them last week, and he's going to be here a little later after this, um, little later in the show to talk about some stuff he's doing in Boston, and maybe we can have him questions. And if we want, maybe he can be a regular. So let's see how this goes. Love it. All right. So today, and this is one more thing. I did read that edibles are up. Yeah. Consumption of edibles big up in 2020. So yeah, we're on the cutting edge here at the Canada. No so. surprise. Because yeah, so. dispensaries have remained open while everyone's staying at home looking for something to do and some way to relax, perhaps. <laughs> yes, and it's better than taking antacids. Yes. Okay. So. <laughs> Today's guest is a Christian writer now living in Missouri. She is the mother of three adorable daughters and a patient in her medical marijuana state. She used cannabis to heal her husband after a very serious injury, and she uses cannabis to manage her own painful condition. She's here to talk about what it's like to write about cannabis in a prohibition state, what it feels like to be a cannabis positive parent, and how cannabis works with her Christianity. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Caitlin Domain. Welcome, Caitlin. Hi, Joyce. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. We're glad to have you. So last week we had Sister Kate. I don't know if you're familiar with Sister Kate. I think so. Do they? Is, does she make her own CBD? Am I yes. correct? Yes, okay. and she's created her own religion, Sisters of the Valley out in oh, yes. California. So we're just doing a pot politics religion week. But I really just want to talk about, let's talk about your job first. So sort of you're a young woman, you've got three young children, you're in Missouri, which I haven't spoken to anyone yet. I don't want to just talk about how you got into this, what we show the business end of it, and then maybe we can go back to your personal story. Yeah, sure. So I'm a medical marijuana patient. I have ulcerative colitis. I was diagnosed in 2016. And the traditional medication and treatment just wasn't working for me. I was already using cannabis, just more so recreationally though. But then I kind of shifted my mindset and started using it more strategically and changing my diet a little bit more. Anyway, so when Missouri legalized medicinally in 2018, I was like, I just have to get involved somehow. My husband's on the cultivation side of things. Horticulture is his passion. So in, kind Missouri, of- in Missouri, he's cultivating? Yeah, hopefully. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Just interviewed for a position. We're waiting on a callback. So hopefully good things there, but Everywhere. He, um, he led me kind of to this industry. His passion kind of sparked mine. And I just, I did like an internship for a CBD company for social media. And then I started realizing I wanted to write. So I, my, I jumped in with the green market report who I still write for today. Okay. Just talk um, about what the green market report. Cause I do talk about the seriousness and this is a profession. This is a business and we have everything in cannabis. Yeah. 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 So the green, <laughs> report, the green market report is just daily cannabis news and yeah, just news, mainly finance. Like cannabis yeah, right. I do a lot of like stock write-ups and 
things that I don't think are very fun, but I do them anyway, because it just helps me to be more well-rounded. So I do that. And Deborah, the CEO of Green Market Report is great. But yeah, so I just jumped in and my goal was to work in Missouri's industry, which I did for a brief time, but now I'm kind of just mainly still focusing on, I don't know, outside of Missouri as well. Um, Our industry's here so new and some things need to get settled before I can be more immersed in it. But yeah, I'm a content writer in an SEO specialist. What do you think of the, I do some blog writing and people always ask me if I'm like, I don't test. I, I just write what I want to write. But what do people want you to write about? What are you looking for? What are the topics? I did talk about edibles a little bit about, I know that's been a topic and obviously we're going to get into parenting and children and that's a big topic, but what else are people looking to hear about? Well, it just depends. It just depends who I'm writing for. Like, let's see, right now I'm writing for a beverage company in Massachusetts. Okay. And most of the people that I'm working with are startups. Okay. So like, I'm like producing like the only content that they have thus far. That's not a universal law, but most of the time they are startups. So for this one's actually kind of interesting and I'm excited about. So, and I haven't even told him yet. So okay. he hears me, <laughs> but, um, I'm, I'm doing a, like based on the microbreweries in Massachusetts, like the most mm-hmm. popular beers, and then kind of matching that with like cannabis terpenes. And it's like, oh, if you great. were here, you might like this terpene. Well, that's um, a nice way to do it. I think that's an interesting way. We talk about the entry level drugs are really the cells. That's yeah. how people get into the CBD. But you know, beer is so accessible. And I think the terpenes, which we'll probably talk about later when we're cooking, this is such a huge, enormous part of this industry that mm-hmm. can connect people in food and smells and health and so what are you finding with the terpenes in the beer? And, and who, can you well, say who you're working with in Massachusetts since we are in Massachusetts? Yeah, I haven't done much research on it yet. I need to okay. start, but that is one of the ideas. And that's like a super unique one because he's really trying to be hyper local and really just focus on the Massachusetts area. But I work with a lot of CBD companies and a lot of it is just general education. Like what can I use CBD for? How do mm-hmm. I, or even cannabis in general, what can I use it for? How do I use it? Where can, where can I get it? Yeah, just a lot of general stuff. I think that even like the basic levels of education sometimes aren't even out there. So oh, yeah, people- and, I, and that's something we talk about a lot. And I think a lot of the ladies are in the industry are always talking about education. But I, I, although I kind of feel like at this level, it's almost, it's still about experience. Like you need to know somebody, which kind of comes back to you. So you've obviously had three beautiful daughters, you're a cannabis consumer, your husband is, you know, a user. So I don't know, let's maybe talk about like, how are you using your own personal story? What is your, why do we start with your personal story, your husband's story, and how you're using that in addition to your writing to influence this, the change of shifting the perspective, really? Yeah. So like I said, I'm, I used it. I was diagnosed with colitis in 2016. It was kind of like a, a battle to figure out what was wrong with me. I had a lot of symptoms that they were just kind of passing off as anxiety. I've had anxiety my whole life. And that's actually why I enjoy, originally enjoyed smoking was because I, it helped my anxiety. And did you understand, Um, like, I always say this, I had a cannabis awakening. I had no idea. Like people and the women I speak to are, many of them are self-healers or they're healing their children. And again, not really understanding, hearing the messages, it's so dangerous. It's, you have to go to jail. It kills brain cells. And, but having your own personal experience is keep wondering, like, how do you get past that and believe that what you're experiencing is real, even though everyone outside is saying, don't use the pot. It's dangerous for you. Like, what did you grow up with? What was your experience growing up around cannabis? Well, so I was, I'm a Christian. I was raised in a Christian house and my parents have always been very loving and they've always been, while they hold to their Christian beliefs, they've always kind of had an open mind and would always listen to their kids. So when I started talking to them about it, 
this was before I had kids. So how how old were you when you started talking to your parents about? I told them that I was using it regularly at the like the end of 2015, so like five years ago. Okay, and you're um, young. What are you? You're like 25. How old are you? I'm 24. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. 24. All right, so you are still a teenager. Yeah, <laughs> sort of technically. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, when you're right, when I did talk to them, I was very young and I told them that it helped me and they were concerned, but I just didn't really stop using it. And they could see that I wasn't like, I wasn't like changing as a person. So they weren't really concerned, but I will say, so my husband's been my best friend for 10 years now. So Mm -hmm. when we were in high school, he was my best friend and he would always smoke weed and I would get so annoyed and I thought he was a drug addict. Like I really, I just did not like it and I tried it and I was like, okay, I get it now. (laughs) I understand. And I was on anxiety meds for 14 years. I'm not on any anymore. All right. So this is the story I keep telling, I keep hearing over and over again is that the cannabis is the last line of resort. We go down the path of medications and whatever we're doing to ourselves and then they discover cannabis last. It doesn't work for everything, obviously, but the shift that it, it should be first or it should be amongst the things that you try first. And yeah. So anyway, so you're using it. Your your boyfriend's using it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And he like, so my parents thought that like he like introduced it to me and they were like not impressed. But <laughs> it actually, it actually, well, and I guess he technically did when we were in high school, but I never used it. I would somebody, always. Somebody go, has to introduce you. Right. And like my ex-boyfriend who I was with at the time when Tony was my best friend would use it, but he was like, I don't know. He didn't give me a very good impression of it. Right. So I tried it before Tony and I, my husband started dating and I just, I was like, okay, I get it. I get it now. And, but the thing is the biggest thing for my parents is that it was still illegal in Missouri. Right. So I was using it illegally. And I remember crying in my bed, feeling so stuck because I was like, this works better than anything I've ever tried for my anxiety. At this point, anxiety, I hadn't yet developed colitis, but I was like, it works better for than anything I've ever tried. My parents worked tirelessly to help me with my anxiety. They did everything they could. They're amazing parents. But I just remember emailing, I think it was like some legislators in Missouri. And I was like, I use cannabis illegally and I'm stuck and I don't know what to do. And for some reason, I was like, maybe my email will like make it like legal overnight. And like, then I can wake up tomorrow and it's fine. Well, it wasn't three more years before it became legal. Can I ask you a question, Kate? So so you're doing this. And as a Christian, were you actually... Were you in some way praying that you would stop using it because it was you were no. kind of conflicted with it or you understood no. that it really worked for you? Okay. Well, okay. So my parents were always kind of under the impression that it was wrong. Neither of my parents have ever used it. My grandparent, my cousins kind of had struggles as teenagers. They're completely fine now, but you know, had struggles as teenagers with substance abuse. So my family was kind of apprehensive and they did think that it was wrong. I I was born again in 2016. And at this point, I had already been using cannabis for a year, but that never changed. I knew even stronger. I was like, I know God led me to this plant. He, If we believe as Christians that he made everything and the, the beginning, the Genesis, it's in Genesis, it says all the green things that, you know, bear seeds are food for you and good for you. So I believe that there's been a lot of miseducation. And what I want to say also is that like, it's not the, like, it's not society's fault. It's not Christian's fault that they believe this because they've been lied to. They, they just have it just like everybody. We, 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 all, we all have. 
Right, right. So, so sometimes I get upset because I see things like, if you use this, you're sinning. And I'm like, I just have to remind myself that they just don't, like, they just don't know. They don't understand. And so it's my job to educate them and tell them there is a way that it can be used. And I believe 100% that it can be used irresponsibly. I believe that before I felt I was born again, I felt like I was using it wrong. I improperly. Yeah. Well, again, it says, again, as a medication, I talked to a lot of nurses and, and should they say one of the issues is people come to them saying, well, I've been using cannabis forever. I know how to use it. And the nurse says, no, you don't. This is a, this is a layering effect. There's a, you think about how your endocannabinoids, you have to think about what terpenes you're using. You have to think about a lot of other things besides the smoking joint after joint. Exactly. And if you can, and if you can use it correctly, you can actually use less and feel better. So this is, again, this is a message that just because you use it all the time, doesn't mean you're medicating yourself correctly and right. it can be abused. We say you can't kill yourselves, obviously, but you can abuse it in a way that it's, it's a bi-directional substance. So it can actually create the problems that you're trying to reduce if you don't use it correctly. So. Right. And one of the things that I always talk to about other, with other Christians is there's a Bible verse that says, what goes in you does not defile you. It's what comes out of you. It's what's inside of you that defiles you. So you can use anything wrong. You can use your exactly. phone wrong. You can misuse your phone. So if my good intention is to stop throwing up in the morning, God's <laughs> not. God doesn't think that's a sin. But if I'm like, oh my gosh, all I want to do is be high and just like waste my time all day and not anything and be lazy, then you're probably not using it right. But people can, again, people can be lazy with and So... Yeah, I don't know. I wrote some things down as well. I want to make sure. No, that no, that's great. No, that, so but, I, can, we, so yeah, I, can I talk about like just so? Yeah. So you're sort of you're in a Christian world where are you open up? Were you open about what your cannabis use in your community and your church? Not really. And what about no? And what about and you're a parent too? So I, that's the other issue where there's yeah. a lot of stigma. The people I've heard stories of moms who are growing it in their basement because it's for their medicinal use, and they get caught on by their neighbors, and their neighbors call and they have to move. So yeah. how are your parent groups? How are the people who know you? How do they react to what you're uh-huh. doing? Yeah. So my friends, we haven't been in in-person church since COVID started. And I, I was kind of quiet about it before then, because I had kind of just started my business. Mm-hmm. So like my in-person church doesn't really know, but my friends do, and they're really supportive. All of them, a lot of them saw what I went through four years ago and saw me get down to like such an unhealthy weight and they support it. They know that I'm a good mom. Yeah. I really I haven't had much issue. The only thing that I is like, I'm really big in like the online Christian community. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, you know, I, I have a lot of friends in the online community and they've said some stuff, not to me personally, but just about it in general, because they just kind of classify it with like, you know, other drugs because they haven't, they, again, they haven't really been educated, but Basically any, I've never had anybody tell me I'm wrong when I come to them and I say, Hey, I just want to let you know, like I use cannabis and here's how I use it. And they're like, Oh, cool. Like, thanks for letting me know. But you are, that like, is, I think I mean, that's that, cool. But that, that is the age and a change. I think this is, it's stories. You're like, story, we are ruled right. by stories. So your story is very powerful. You're so, and, and again, yeah. it's a, it's a, people can hear facts. They can hear this over and over again. And the stories I hear that are most powerful again, are like a mom used it on her child and there's a parent usually or a grandparent who is very conservative is very opposed to this sees what this product does for the child who has usually a seizure Mm -hmm. disorder sees the the amazing miracle of it and that person's mind is changed because they can see it in someone they love 
it's opening them up. But I, I just think the education and words, it's got to be stories. It's got to be personal connections. It yeah. has to be people like you who are reaching your communities, which is why I think it's so great that you're going into a church or you're in a very strong church community. And you're saying, mm-hmm. I hold all of your values, all of your values. Yeah. And this is why this plant is also part of it. That's such a good message. Right. Yeah. And it's about destroying what they already know because they already have misconceptions about it. And again, who can blame them? The propaganda back then was it's the devil's lettuce and this and this and like, what are they going to, and they haven't really, it's still federally illegal. Nobody's really come out and said, Hey, actually wait, it's not as bad as we thought. It's up to the people that you're around to educate. And again, if I if I was a Christian, if I felt like I was doing walking the Christian walk my whole life, I probably never would have touched it either. But I tried it out of like a curiosity. And then I really feel that God really led me to where I am today and wanted me to share that with people because I don't think he's too happy about some of the health care that people are receiving. I agree um, with you. <laughs> so, so let's, can we talk about so how old are your how old are your girls? Yes, I have a five-year-old, a two-year-old, and a one-year-old. So they're very little. So I do talk to moms about this. So so your five-year-old is probably aware, sort of. I don't know how you consume. Not at all, actually. Not at all. Okay, so, what is your, so when you're talking to your children at this point, like, what do you say about it? Do they have, they're too young to really ask, I suppose, but. Yeah, so they actually have no idea, only because I don't want, my, my five-year-old is a very animated. She'll talk to anybody. So I don't want her to go up to someone random and be like, my mom. She does this just in the grocery store. She smokes weed or whatever. Hey, buddy, and I, that shirt with the, that's what you smoke, mom. Yeah. Mom, mom do you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So she has, none of my kids know. I'm very, I don't do it in front of them. My husband and I kind of have our own little language when we want to take a minute, but she does know what CBD is and she okay. uses CBD. Okay. Um, right. That's true. She thinks oh, DVDs are called CBD. So, and my, my two-year-old knows what CBD is too, but so they right, do. So you're, you're, tr- you're starting on the, the path of normalization. Yes. Yeah. And, and when, and everyone always asks me that, they're like, what are you going to do when they're older? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I'll, I guess I'll just talk to them about it. I, I guess that's the only thing I can do. Okay. No, I mean, and again, like I, so I've heard moms say they talk about medication. Their children know it's a medication. They're not going to touch their pills in the cabinet. So they're not going to touch this. Yeah. Um, right. activation. I've heard some dads say this. They're like, dad needs a little activation and go has a puff and comes back and they're nice yeah. again. And then there's inebriation when you can, these are all distinctive states of being and which yeah. can all be produced by this. And that it's just that normalization. Like I didn't, my story is my children were older, so I never had to deal with this, but yeah. for mom, I just think if these children are growing up with the normalization of it, it's not so scary, first of all, and it's not so secretive and that, you know what they're doing. I, you know, you, know, you could give them advice. Yeah. And I, I did, I want to encourage them for sure to wait until they're older to try it because I know that there is some research that suggests that it could, you know, I don't know for sure, but I, I just want to be safe. I was, I didn't use it until I was like 19 or 18. So I was old enough. Like I know people that you started using it. They're like 11 or 12. And that to me is just, Unless you have a serious condition, obviously, but like just for fun, I don't think 11 and 12 well, girls have any. You got yeah, years to go. So you got years to go. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit. So your husband was, you had to help your husband as well. So what was his story and his pain and how did you get connected to him and how did he help himself? 
Yeah. So he was, he's been using cannabis for 10 years, a lot longer than me. And he would, he's always had neck pain and like chronic headaches and anxiety, undiagnosed anxiety. I diagnosed him, wife diagnosed. (laughs) But in 2019, he actually broke his neck. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He fell in at work and passed out and broke his neck and he's had pain ever since he can walk and talk and he, he can work. Thank God. I'm so thankful, but he didn't use any opioids. He just used topicals and cannabis. And my, that was actually, that was a really big turning point for my parents because they were, what year was that? Caitlin, what year? 2019, February, 2019. Oh, so it was just last year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess almost two years ago now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I know it's 2021. (laughs) What happened? Yeah. So that was actually a big turning point for my parents because they were concerned that he was going to end up becoming addicted to opioids. So we were living with my parents at that time, actually now we're not, but they told him if you want to use cannabis, like it's okay. Like we'll allow it. Okay. So they, they allowed it and it's kind of been more open ever since. I don't just like smoke in front of my parents or anything, but they're fully aware. And my dad even tries to make jokes. He has no idea like any of it. So he's like, how she's got that CPG going on. I'm like, no, that's not what it is. But I will say, even if they aren't consuming with you, the idea that you're not hiding it probably makes the experience yeah. of using it better. You know what I mean? Cause I, again, so I, this, I say this world is new to me, but the whole like idea of setting intentions and being having your context is important for the experience and shouldn't just be pumping it. It shouldn't just be pumping THC and like, I don't know. It should be, it should be an intentional experience to do something. So it's hard to do it when you're trying to keep a secret from people. So this idea that everyone's hoping, I think it's healthier. Yeah. When Tony and I were using before it became legal, I always told him I'm 10 times scared of getting caught by my dad than I am by the cops. (laughs) Because my dad caught me in time and I was devastated. I thought that I really did think that I was like doing something wrong at that point because my dad didn't understand it. I really didn't understand the medicinal. I had no idea what an endocannabinoid system was or any of that. Like I, I had no facts to refute it. So he caught me and I was just, and I still think about that moment. I'm like, oh, I probably broke my dad's heart. But now he's like, he's so supportive. He's so proud of me. Um, and my mom even, my mom actually uses CBD now. So oh, I just think um, that's such a nice story. Okay. So again, yeah. like we live in the anomaly in history. This is something I repeat over and over again. Cannabis has been part of our history for 10,000 years. We're living in this strange time in history where it was illegal and criminalized. And now we're bringing it back. We're crushing the shame and everybody can use it in a way that's good. I'm going to take a quick break right now. We're going to come back on the other side, finish up our conversation with Caitlin Domain. Surprise, it's me again. I wanted to take a minute to thank everyone who's made season two of the Canna Mom show so much fun and so popular. Honestly, I'm a little overwhelmed. And to show our gratitude, the Canna Mom show team has some exciting news to share with you. If you are a cannabis-focused business or want to find cannabis industry connections in your field, or want to engage with cannabis activists, we want to hear from you. Because beginning in 2021, the Cannamon Show will be offering sponsorships that will allow you to support the voices of women in this industry that need to be elevated and give you the opportunity to connect with the thousands now engaged each and every week with the Cannamon Show on multiple social media platforms, podcast distribution sites, and internationally on our Canadian Cannamon Amy Ryman site, Hip 
lives. So if you sell a product, offer a service, or want to engage others, the Cannamom Show wants to hear from you. And together, we will crush that cannabis stigma one can of story at a time. Now, back to the show. We are back. We're going to finish up our conversation with Caitlin. But before that, we have a special treat for you, ladies so and men. Valentine's Day is in a couple of weeks. No, what do you want to do? But my friend, Sean, the infusionist, he's got some interesting ideas. And I think we might need to have him come back and talk more about the infusion process because his pastries are delicious and you'd want to have some tips. So, Sean, welcome to the Cannabom Show. Thanks for joining us today. No, thank you so much for having me. Sorry, I didn't get a sweatshirt. I was just getting cold. I know. <laughs> I disappeared for a moment. Uh, so let's talk about, so I met you. I talked about you last week because I had some of your delicious pastries and my husband was happy all day after he had a truffle. And They were good, right? <laughs> really good. So tell me about what you're doing Valentine's Day. And yeah, let's start there. So Valentine's Day is a lot more like what we usually do. We try to cater more to the savory side of edibles as most people are more familiar with pastries just to expose like the versatility in cannabis infused products. Actually, Sean, why don't we start from the beginning? Let's talk about like where you're, you're, just talk about a little bit. You're a chef and just talk about that first. Well, I'm actually, I'm not a chef at restaurants, but yeah, I okay. grew up in a Italian family and we cook. Okay, um, yeah, he's a cook. He's a cook, people, the cook. <laughs> a cook, yeah. yeah. But I've had the pleasure of working in restaurants with some amazing chefs. I've learned a lot. I'm very good at it. And we just... I had a friend like five or six years ago bet me, he owned a pizza store. He, he made a bet with me over a couple of drinks one night that I couldn't infuse cheese. So I made mozzarella for him and infused and it worked. So kind of mind blown. We kind of took it from there. I started doing dinners at the house. My girlfriend and I, she's my partner, a couple of friends. We started making sauces, chimichurris, pestos. We started making more cheese, ice creams. And how did you and figure this all out? Just trial and error or... Lot of trial and error. Yeah, uh, it's tricky. How did? Yeah, the infusion process. Yeah, we'll, well, we'll talk about is, that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we all had edibles and been out of commission for three days. Like I smoke sometimes, but I work so much. By the time I get home, instead of going out for a drink, we stopped drinking a while back. I'll take a couple of hits of a joint. I'll pass out. I'm yeah. good. Keeps everything on the right path. If you will. Exactly. But uh, it, it's just it's important to dose everything the right way. Like you were yeah. saying. Yeah. I've had half a rice crispy treat and I've been high for two days. Yeah. So you need to know exactly, you need to know what's in, you need to know how much THC is in it and then you need to better do the math and the science. So it's a lot of, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a lot of really simple math, but it's just a lot of it. A lot of people probably don't remember, I guess. The long division on like graphing paper. So basically like I, we have these testing kits. We test the potency of the weed. We try and grow all the cannabis here ourselves. If not, we do try to outsource to like local growers, people that grow their own, just keep it all in New mm-hmm. England area. Mm-hmm. But we have machines that test of the potency of everything within like one percentage of THC content. Good. And we really try to keep the edibles between like a five milligram, which is a really good starting point for a lot of people. And like 25, which is pretty, it's high. Like you'll feel it. Yeah. Um, but- I will say Rick, Rick had half of that one the other night. And about, this is true. It was like 20 minutes in. He's like, I didn't smoke anything. I'm like, yeah, yeah that <laughs> truffle. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the thing too. Like I like to wake up or go for a run or I'll go to the gym or something. And I don't always want to smoke. So instead of having a huge Rice Krispie treat made out of commission, I can have, you know, one brownie or I can have a cookie or I can put a little Italian salad dressing on my salad if I want. Yeah. And it's like, that's the activation. That's like the activation. Okay. Yeah. So that's sort of like where you, okay. So let's talk about the Valentine's boxes. What are these? They're savory, right? Yes. So, well, it's a full, it's a full three course meal for two. Okay. Um, so it includes a complimentary bottle of champagne, but it's basically going to be 
it's going to be a tasty menu. Like you'd get at any restaurant on Valentine's Day. A lot of us aren't going out for Valentine's Day. A lot of restaurants are closed. Yep. Uh, we've all been in the house in Massachusetts for a very long time. A very long time. So, <laughs> <laughs> with this, some things have come that are good. A lot of things come that are negative. But a lot of people are cooking. If you look on oh. Instagram, everyone's baking bread. Everyone's watching cooking videos. Oh, yeah. At quarantine with a musician and a chef. <laughs> I think if this happens again, that's what you want. That's at a good time. <laughs> yeah. We have a menu posted on the website. And it's going to be like a meal prep. It's going to be It's going to be pre-cooked. All you'll have to do is kind of finish it and put it together at home and reheat it. Okay. So it's three courses. We'll have an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert. For the appetizers, we will be offering – it's a whipped – it's a whipped ricotta and grilled stone fruit salad with nice. a Calabrian chili vinaigrette and a Tuscan sourdough. Oh, wow. You can also have, or obviously the other choice for appetizer will be uh, truffle and black garlic parmesan pappardelle, which is it's like a fat, really fat noodle. Mm-hmm. Black garlic is like one of the most amazing spices I've ever had. I don't think I've ever I've had ever black garlic. It's it's so good. So if, you're, if you've ever had like moonshine or grappa, Yes. Grappa is very sharp, spicy, but then obviously wine is very smooth. It rounds. You have good mouthfeel, viscosity. Garlic to black garlic is the same as a uh, grappa to wine. All right. Black garlic it. is very smooth. It gives it like this insane level of umami that is hard to achieve without something like this. All right. I got to check that out. All right. I'll pass it on. Okay. Yep. Next. Pop a dolly um, in that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. So good. So for the entrees, we'll be doing either uh, filet mignon or a baked stuffed lobster. Both will be served with asparagus, verb blanc sauce, and a mashed potato. And then for dessert, we can do either a box of chocolate covered strawberries, or we have a setup where you can do like a chocolate fondue. Oh. So you can, well, temper the chocolate and everything. You'll just basically reheat it and then have this whole kit with the sticks and the little fondue bowls. And you it's can- It's like a little activity. That's great. And yes. it's cold out, yeah. You can sit in your igloo and pretend you're in Switzerland. And yeah. <laughs> you can, you know? If you guys want, we'll make you a mixtape or something. We'll get a playlist up on Spotify. You can jam out and set the mood. That's awesome. Okay, so, so how does this, so just, just the meal gets, the, it's a box? What is it? It's like a, yes. okay. okay. It's, it's going to be like a big shoe box. Okay. It's a giant box. Okay. So we'll come in, basically, we're doing pre-orders now. We'll come and drop it off like the day, a day or two before Valentine's Day. Obviously, each person will have a different schedule. We'll schedule delivery with them individually. But now, and how far are you delivering? Where's your, what's uh, your so range? We'll be delivering like the three or four days before Valentine's Day. Uh, like in Massachusetts, how far are you delivering? Are you? Um, so for deliveries, it's really like, it's tough just because okay. it's so many and so far. Yeah. But we'll deliver, if you order 12 boxes, like I'll deliver it to, I'll deliver to Connecticut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyone listening? You can't get over the border in Canada. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Right now, it's really delivery like inside of the 95 circle. But obviously, there's always some fluidity with that. So, so, what's, so what's your favorite part of putting these together? It's the phone calls I get later, the text messages, the people that reach out on Instagram. I really like when people send me pictures. Like, oh, yeah. When we do this, I like when people send me pictures because I make this stuff. And I have a way that I envision the plates being made. And my plates are made this way. But for somebody else to take what we have and then make something totally different or take the ingredients and do it differently, I think that's really cool. Oh, that's fun. All right. So I'll say, well, obviously we haven't gone out at all. And uh, my husband and I, oh, sorry. we get dogs. Darn, we, always have, we always have dogs barking at some point. Sorry, it's my dog. It used to be Amy's dog. But my house was never empty. And on, Val- and on New Year's Eve, my husband and I had the house to ourselves. And we had like a, we made a romantic meal and we were dancing and had wine and still have fun by ourselves. So sometimes the food and the wine, it makes your whole house feel like a different place. You can feel like you're at a restaurant. It does. And it's restaurant quality food. You're going to have this amazing experience. You can put all the 
10 minutes a day you spend reading and watching Chopped on TV and put it, put it to good use here and have a night out, you know? Have a night out. All right. So how do I get, so if someone wants to do this, how do they get in touch with you? It's on our website. It's on Instagram. We have all the links. Instagram is at Sean the Infusionist or at Casa Canna Boston. The website because it's Casa Canna Boston. We'll put that in the notes in Sean the Infusionist on Instagram, and you yep. can connect with my friend Sean and get these great meals. And what I'm hoping is Sean will come back and give us some of his tricks. Maybe we can get some like questions and like, what's the best way to infuse butter? How do you make those lemon squares taste so delicious? Oh my god, it's so good! <laughs> what is in those truffles? <laughs> Yeah, so, I like those. All right. But, uh, uh, all right. Yeah, well, I mean, all, all the ordering is really done through the website. Our website is casacanaboston.com. We have links to it on all the Instagram, Facebook, social media platforms. All right. So we'll put it up there. So all my Boston friends, if you're looking for something amazing, something different, something unique for this Valentine's 2021, because I think we'll still be here at February 2021. I just <laughs> I don't want to talk about politics anymore. Just religion and pot. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thanks, Sean. I'll put everything in the notes. I hope you get some people to check in you out and I hope we'll have you back really, really soon. I hope so too. Thank you so much. Great for your time. All right. So back with my friend, Caitlin Domain, our Missouri cannabis writer. You're back. All right. So let's see. So your husband, is he doing okay now after the two years? He is. He has a lot of pain and our kids are young, so they require a lot of attention and being picked up constantly. So it does take a toll on him. Okay. So he cannabis to help kind of offset that and it does pretty well he's a trooper he pushes through pretty much everything so and are you so i know missouri is it's a medical only right right now so what are you doing any sort of advocacy work are you doing are you involved with that at any level to you know get the laws changed or i don't know what the status is at Um, this point like for missouri you mean Mm mm-hmm not really. They were supposed, they were collecting signatures last year to be on the 2020, I guess it was the 2020 ballot, but COVID there's, there wasn't enough people going places for them to collect signatures Right. for adult use. They were trying to do that. Now they're trying to get on the 2022 ballot for adult use, but they're trying to, from my understanding, essentially scrap the entire medical program. And just redo everything. I may be saying it wrong. I don't know. But that's my understanding. I know I don't really do any um, advocacy work with the Missouri industry specifically. We have a lot of honestly really good people in the industry. And it's a farming out there. Like what's that? What's the stand? What's are people harvesting or producing or do you have dispensaries? How do they even work? Do you have medical dispensaries? Yeah. So we just started, Missouri just made our first sale a couple of months ago. I want to say like two months ago, maybe a month and a half ago, but not everybody is open. We've got a limited number of licenses, which was a really big issue for a lot of people. Lots of people want that free market that Oklahoma has, but that brings in a lot of other issues, which it's pros and cons to both. But so yeah, they just started making their first sale and people are actually mad about it because the quality is just not very good. And it feels like they kind of rushed their product just to say we're the first to Missouri's market. And it's expensive, which is normal. It's got to take time for things to adjust, but it shouldn't be that expensive for the quality. I, I think this is, I think I've heard this across the country. This is, a, it's, it's not normal capitalism because it's sort of like each state's doing their own thing. There's no interstate commerce. We've got issues with growing states, which really should be growing. And I don't know, once this, 
it's expensive. There's a lot of taxes. People are extorting each other. There's a lot of issues, but it's coming. No. It's state by state. So even Missouri people, Missouri's got it. It's everywhere. So Caitlin, we're actually up against time. If someone's want to reach you, get in touch with you. I know you're on LinkedIn. What's the best way to reach you? LinkedIn or my website, marijuanablogger.co, or you can email at me at hello at marijuanablogger.co. Perfect. So we'll put that in the notes too. And what are you looking for? What are you looking, looking to write? What do you think, hoping you can write about in 2021? You got a, like a vision? Yeah. I don't know. I'd really like to focus on the endocannabinoid system more and just yeah, like the science behind it. And hopefully maybe do some Christian content and talk about why I believe that it's okay to use cannabis as a Christian. I think that's powerful. That's great. Thank you, Caitlin, for your time. Thank you for joining us today. This was great. All right. That's another show, people, for my guest, Caitlin Domain. You can find her. I'll put everything in the notes. Of course, my friend, Sean, the infusionist, Sean Morgan. I didn't give you a real name. (laughs) He's got a real name. Sean, the infusionist. (laughs) Uh, You want to reach him? You want an amazing meal? Reach out to him. Show notes. All right. I want to thank my canabro, David Jazz. Another great time. Thank you for my new introduction. Love it. Catherine. Catherine's doing great with the social media. And I want to thank Josh Lampkin and Bella Jaffe for writing and performing our Cannamon theme music. But most importantly, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Cannamon show where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry. One can of story at a time. Please follow us on social media. Subscribe anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamon show. And we are a production, Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network. Network.